Oi, me nan, she was begging for death. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Shut up, Dre. <laughs> oh, brother. That's the hood mic. These people are sick. Where did it come from? I'm sick of your fucking smoke. That guy's fucking right. I love it. I love the people. It's Tabungana. And it's Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. You're listening to episode 217 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Dame DeLorean. And I'm Sir Spencer. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Did I say something wrong? Are you sure that's Sir Spencer over there? Oh, it's me. I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's me, unfortunately. Oh, you sound uh, different. You sound different. That's all. I get bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little something something. <laughs> it's not bronchitis. Yeah, laryngitis. Going for the Fletcher tonight. It's some kind of a... Itis. Yeah, who knew? Just catch laryngitis and uh, spark one up. That's right. Getting close. Now, I do want to point something interesting out. Okay. Uh, in our house, the kids all had colds. I had some issues. Uh, and then, uh, but you were smoking cigarettes last week. You had picked up a pack of cigarettes and you were good. You were good. Mm-hmm. And then you smoked that last cigarette. And I shit you not, bowlers. That next day, you woke up sounding like this. I think the cigarettes are keeping you well. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> Stranger things have happened in this universe. Yeah. But yeah, what's new? We went to little Sam's last postpartum checkup tonight with our beloved midwife. Mm-hmm. Kind of bittersweet, but I will keep in touch with her so it's not so uh, sad. <laughs> but he's doing good. Just has to do a little bit more tummy time, work on his neck muscles, beef up a little. No, he's uh, weighing in at nine pounds now. So, getting there. Bigness. Catching up to his siblings. What else? Well, uh, we've been hitting up some after Christmas sales, a lot of those. Oh, yeah, that's fun. They mark everything down to the cheap, cheap. Because they got to get it out of there and switch it on over. Yeah, whoa. it'll... Whoa. Boom. Pins falling. That's a boost coming through. Pins falling. That's right. In Bo- case you're new. Boosts are hot. Hot boosts. Boosts <laughs> boost are hot. I have a reveal about the boost tonight, but I'm going to save it for our little segment. Okay. Um. Yeah, after Christmas sales. It's funny because uh, I got a little message again from our boy Hey Citizen. Hey, citizen. Who is also feeling inspired by the Christmassy cheer. And uh, he said, sadly, I didn't think to do this until after Christmas, but inspiration came to me. So here's one you can use next year. 
sounded a, uh, sent a little recording in, and I said, you know what, that's actually perfect for the next bowl because we have been hitting up these after Christmas sales and we've kind of been in the Christmas uh, festivities. In fact, it was like, I want to say January 5th or something. It was sometime last week when I was up at the Goodwill and they still had Christmas music playing in the Goodwill. Oh, nice. Uh, but he wrote us an absolutely beautiful jingle and uh, I was wondering if you'd allow me to play it for you. Please. Podcast hosting and an open source. Linux distro for your node. Soundboard jingles being played when required. And folks leaving voicemails to the show. Everybody's bold is charged up and ready to go. All we need now is a light. Spark it up and let the buds start to glow. Spark one up. And the bowlers find it hard to sleep tonight. We spark one up. Cause they know that bowl after bowl is on its way. They've got live item tags and show art to display. And every show is wonderfully produced with help from bowlers who really know. So I'm offering this simple phrase to those who help us to ignite love in our hearts and our bongs with a blaze. May your bowls burn ever bright. Oh man, when I heard that I was like, how can I how can I not play that? Yeah. Thank you for not waiting until next Christmas. Right. Oh, that was so good. Beautiful That cheer. brought a tear to my eye. It's genuinely touching, <laughs> is it not? It is. Uh so thanks so much, Hey Citizen, for killing it again. Yeah, thank you, Hey Citizen. And uh now, your continued support of the show. Yeah, that's what I call value. Exactly. Exactly. And how do you put a number on that? Yeah, can't. How do you qual- quantify it? I don't. I don't believe I can. That's for sure. Me neither. But yeah, we're just kind of kind of stretch the Christmas thing out. I always feel like this should be the default. So many people are just like, "Ah, I'm done with the Christmas song. It just stopped." Like the day after Christmas, they want it all to go away. Yeah. But then, what do you got to look forward to? I mean, you go to the stores. It's all fucking Valentine's Day shit. Already. Like, who wants Valentine's Day shit? Mm, someone, I guess. Not me, man. Even the restaurants and stuff all have their Valentine's decor out mm-hmm. also. It's crazy. It's everywhere. January is just like a depressing time for me. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Still kind of dark, still kind of cold. <laughs> but the chickens are laying hella eggs. Yeah, they now. turned it back up. Yeah. They got through their molt, so they're done molting. And I actually pulled out of there last night the biggest egg I ever seen from them so far and the smallest egg I've ever seen from them so far. It's wild. The size of this big one. And there's, the size of the small one. There's a couple of monsters. I think there are a couple double yokers that we pulled last night. Double double yolk. Yeah. Those are fun. Fun to crack into and see both the eggs, the yolks fall. The yeggs, yes. Thanks. Double yeggs. <laughs> yep. Tons of eggs in this house. Once again, it's awesome. Because our kids just eat eggs after eggs. Eggs after eggs, yep. That's right. Been uh, 3D printing some more stuff. I posted on NAS my big double fail. Oof. I was trying to print. Uh... So what I'm doing is I'm making an enclosure for the 3D printer. And turns out there's a table at Ikea. It's this cheap-ass black square table. It's called the lack table. And it's just the perfect dimensions to hold a, one of these smaller 3D printers. I've got the Ender 3 Pro. So there are a lot of different types of builds for an enclosure using one lac or two lac tables. Uh, in my case, I got one stacked on top of the other. So what I'm going to end up having is a lac table over the paper printer. And then on top of that table, the 3D printer and another lac table over it. And then a plexiglass enclosure with some doors on hinges that are going to open up. That's going to give me the ability to kind of contain the print, um, keep the the vapors from kind of floating all around the room. And uh, this is especially important if you are printing with uh, more toxic filament, which so far I've just used PLA, so it's not really that big a deal. But there's some other filaments that um, you definitely want to keep contained as mm. they're printing. But it also gives you a more stable temperature when it's all enclosed like this. So anyway, I'm trying to print uh, these corners that the legs go in and um, the supports to hold the plexiglass walls and all that jazz. And man, I had this one print run where uh, sometimes, so when you just download files and you're adding them in to this... Uh, 3D printing software. Sometimes the default is like a weird setting or a weird angle, and you need to rotate the object to have the flat side down before you actually start the print. So basically, I had an unsupported corner that I was trying to print, and that corner just didn't have anything to sit on uh. on its first layer. And so it just kind of curly cued on me, and it looked like. Uh, a ramen explosion, like a purple ramen explosion, basically. Yeah, it was a mess. I saw the picture. So then I figured that part out, and I rotated it and did it right. But then, for some reason, when I did the second run, the extruder, I guess a little bit behind the extruder, where the, uh, um, I don't know, where the filament is fed into the extruder, there's this little uh, wheel that pushes the filament through. And then there's a screw that holds that in place. Some for some reason the screw came loose, and oh, so no. it, it was just pushing this filament string into the ether. Wow! And so I had just a big 
<laughs> dumbass curly cue of unmelted filament. Just nothing was printing because nothing was getting pushed through all the way. I posted pictures of them on now, uh, so it was a big disaster. But I was hoping for the third time being the charm. The third time was the charm. So Woo-hoo! now I've got just about all of my pieces ready for this thing. That's awesome. All I got to do is grab some plexiglass now. That's simple, right? You should walk down to the neighborhood plexiglass store. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got it at all the we got it at all the home improvement places. So oh, okay, that's true. Uh, hopefully, I'll just let them know the dimensions that I need and get it done. Yeah, that'll be sweet. It's been fun watching the three D printing adventures. Yeah, when I was at Micro Center, the guy there had like a monster truck toy that he printed. It was really cool as like a suspension, so the wheels bounce and stuff. Dope. Now the kids want to print monster trucks. Yeah, I've got to uh, have them pick out their colors they want and stuff. Make some monster trucks. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Last night was interesting. Uh, Helped give a guy a jump start in a parking lot. Oh, yes. After God gave me diarrhea. (laughs) A random act of kindness. After a random poop. The deal was we went out for dinner, which had been a while since we like went out all together to a restaurant. And uh, This is after we were getting all these pieces for your enclosure. That's your right. 3D printer yeah. We enclosure. did the shopping things. Yeah. The micro so, center run. The micro center run. Uh, we made a diaper run too or something, didn't we? Some. Oh, no. The home improvement store. Anyway, got some materials, some supplies. Had a nice dinner as we're leaving. We want to get ice cream on the way home for the kids because the desserts at the place we ate were, I don't know. Cakes. Yeah, they're too much money for not enough satisfaction. So we just went to the frozen custard place and um, we had just left the restaurant. And as I got in the car and started, I was like, ooh, my stomach was just doing the dance. And the custard place was... Less than a block away. It was like two places down, two doors down from where we were uh, eating dinner. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the custard place has no public restroom. So I was like, man, I'm going to have to walk back over there and just go back at the steakhouse. Just got to do it. Can't put it off. So I do the walk of shame. I didn't even drive back over there. I just walked. Do the walk of shame in the door, hoping that like they'll recognize me as like, I I was here, I paid, I'm just coming back to take a quick shit. (laughs) And the guy comes up to me, uh, the, I don't know, you call him the mater d' or whatever the hell. Yeah, the host. The host. (laughs) And uh, he says, oh, did you come back for the hoodie? And I was like, hoodie, no. Uh, uh, I was like, I just kind of gave him this confused look. And then he holds up John's penguin hat. Yes. Uh, the penguin hat with like the weird built-in gloves. Yeah, it's got like a scarf and gloves built into it. It's awesome. And I was like, oh, geez. I said, you know what? I can't lie to you, man. I came back because right when I got in my car, I just had to overwhelmingly go to the bathroom. So I'm running back in really quick. I said, hey, but it must have been fate. That's right. must have been fate. It must have been God gave me diarrhea <laughs> so that I wouldn't. Forget the stupid penguin hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, the kids have been heartbroken. Dodged a bullet there. 
but I guess we could have always driven back in hopes of finding it. Yeah, I guess so. That would have been it a would pain. have taken a while for us to notice it was gone, and then you know, you know how these things go. Yeah. All, all the way back over the Kansas side just to get the stupid penguin hat. I'm glad we didn't have to do that. Same. Yeah, it was a good night, but geez, we didn't get home till like midnight. It was a long. Yeah, we were. Yesterday out. was a long day. Took a lot long. Every step of that took a lot longer than I thought it would. Well, you know, you walk into Micro Center and one does not simply find what they're looking for and leave. It's always an adventure to Micro Center. Yeah, I remember uh, I was like, I'm not even going to look at the open box stuff. I'm not I doing remember. It. Of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? It's like physically impossible for me. So I don't know. They didn't have anything great. <laughs> well, that's all right. Sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. That's true. At the micro center. <laughs> true, it's true. Um, you know what else is true? What? We have some of the most fantastic bowlers of all time. We sure do. Out there listening. And we like to thank them up front for the value they send back. This is a value for value podcast. That's right. A value for value production. That means we put it out there for you to enjoy out in the open for free. And if you get value out of it, all we ask is that you put a number on it and give some value back in return. Or, you know, there's tons of other ways, too. You can make art. You can make songs like Hey Citizen, jingles, all sorts of things. That's right. You can send a lovely boost. Um, We do have a couple of people to thank who came in with PayPal uh, support which you can easily find with the donate button at the bottom of the website, bullafterbull.com. Um, the first one is from Wes over at uh, Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. And he sent us 50 bucks. So thanks very Ooh, much. Thank you. His note says, thanks for the help. And that refers to, I sat down with Wes on a, I spun him up a little Zoom call and... We got him rocking on streaming live with butt. Nice. To his AzuraCast server. So it's funny because he DM'd me on on NAS and I you know, he's been looking for uh help setting up this AzuraCast and I sent him a few different walkthroughs and guide guides to uh get started. And then he was just like, Hey man, uh you help me out with uh, streaming with butt? I'm not sure what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, I'm happy to help you. And uh, spun up the Zoom call. I figured Zoom would be good because you can screen share. And then I can kind of look at exactly what's going on. Sure. And he actually was so close. I thought that we would be kind of like going from scratch. I was ready to like sit down for a, a long time of it, a long haul, you know. But he really actually had everything installed. He had his AzuraCast server set up. Um, he just needed to make a, in AzuraCast, you set up a DJ account. And that kind of authorizes somebody to use butt to stream to your stream. And then you just got to plug the credentials in correctly. And that was mainly it. There was a couple of handles to jiggle because there just always is. But uh, we got it working and streaming. So Nice. Then he was like, V for V, man. How do I send you value for this? And I was like, hey, donate button at the bottom of the site. That's the easiest way. Yeah. So there you have it. 
Thank you. Very cool. Thank you, Wes. You can follow him, by the way, on uh, Nas. He is Wholesome Olson at noagendasocial.com. And uh, also, of course, check out his show, Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Yes, and I'll have a link in the show notes. Available in all fine podcast apps. The finest of apps. That's right. The nude podcast apps.com. The nudest of podcast apps. Uh, we also got our monthly 10 bucks from our buddy Dan Gehring. Cheers Woo! and thank you, sir. Thank you. Dan, of course, is our uh, one of our Tuesday buddies. That's right. We have several Tuesday buddies on the NA stream. And uh, him and John Jay do kick it off with the Millennial Media Offensive. Tuesdays at, uh, I want to say they come on at 5.30 Central, is that right? Yeah, they start going live around 5. So there you go. Thank you very much. I also want to pull up the boosts, because this is the hot newness, where we can boost one another, stream sats, and attach cute messages and uh, cryptic numeric values. All in real time, I think it's a lot of fun just because it's a value exchange plus a kind of a signal, you know, a, a feedback loop, if you will, a feedback mechanism. And people really enjoy doing it live because they get to hear that boost come in and land and they get to see the message show up in our IRC chat. And it just all makes you feel really extra famous, like you're a piece of the whole uh, dealio which you are it's yeah really great makes you're, you feel loved and supported you're directly producing the show yeah in you're just, time you're just in the mix it's uh it's a really fun thing to do and i always say you know i never would have understood it myself or been so passionate about it had i not started off um supporting the shows that i love that are value for value um and, and starting obviously with no agenda and all the way to knighthood, like uh, that's sort of the the first path, <clears throat> the, the first awakening of what this value for value ecosystem could be. So, of course, we value that as well. And we always want to thank people and read their lovely boostograms. I am going to scroll back. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find our Harv hat for the end of the last bowl. Yes, there he is. Uh, there's the fade out. 1420 sats, of course, from Harv hat. Thank you, sir. That's out of Boost CLI. He just gives us a no-note boost every time we're fading out there. And it makes it really easy to find out where I am in my helipad uh, instance here. So, just in chronological order, the next one up would be 3,000 sats. From T. Dudenhofer out of Fountain. Of course, hey, that's, thank you. It's our buddy Trent from the KC Bitcoiners. And uh, he says, he's boosting out of Fountain, if I didn't say that. He says, came here to listen to the rip on the Tribune article. <laughs> <coughs> and he also says, <clears throat> pardon me, he didn't say that. He said, congrats again on top 10. Keep crushing. Well, thank you. We're doing our best. The show must go on. The bowl must go on. That's right. Despite my absolutely crushed voice. Yeah, you sound like a different person. I'm on a teach this week, too. It's been incredibly difficult. Uh, it's better right now than it was today during the teach. Today during the teach, I was like squeaking and squawking and 
I tried to keep bringing you honey and tea, honey I and tea. I was just ass whipped. It was so bad. So bad. Yeah, I, I do. I sound like a different person. You're right. Yeah. It's a, a goofus. It's a little bit weird, but we're rolling with it because the alternative would be to skip a bowl, which is just, nah. Unheard of. Nope. We actually have a streak that's uh, about to hit like three years in a row of Tuesdays. Nice. It's kind of mind-boggling. Sometime this summer or fall, we're going to hit uh, three years in a row of Tuesdays. Wow. Kind of weird. Doesn't feel like that. It does not. Uh, next up, we have 3210 sats from our buddy N4VX. Yeah, N4VX. Woo-hoo. He's boosting from Kyriocaster. Uh, and I love that he has his in a social handle when he boosts from Kyriocaster. N4VX at noagendasocial.com. He Very says... Nice. Uh, counting down to a lit bowl after bowl. That's right. The bowl is lit. So that's that three, two, one, zero. Thank you. Uh, Spence is wrecked. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm still alive, baby. Hey, Citizen coming up next. Not only is he making songs, he's also boosting sets. And uh, he boosts his signature 6969. 69! 69, dudes! And uh, he says, it's Tuesday. I remembered to boost before passing out. Flex emoji. Nice. Only used by fellas that get shit done. The flex emoji. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's coming out of Podverse, his boost. So cheers and thank you. Thank you. Next up from Servo6666. Ooh. The quad evil boost. That's coming out of Curiocaster. He says, boost a bowl. Yeah, boostable, boostable. Yeah. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Uh, careful that your bowls don't get stepped on. Uh, yeah. As they're being boosted. Uh, Teddy K bowling boost for Space Cowboys. That's from uh, Piranesi. Very out of, cool. Out of Fountain. And that's for 14,732 sets. Thank you. Thank you, Space Cowboy. Appreciate it. Uh, 10,000 sats from Rev Cybertrucker, also out of Fountain. And Ooh, the Rev. The Rev, uh, he says, still waiting for Fountain to spit my sats at me. In the meantime, here's a 10% advance boost. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Rev one sats from Fountain. Yeah, you would tell, tell me more about that because I missed the thread and I missed uh, reading about it. Not to put you on the spot. I'll let you look it up while I keep reading. Yeah, I got to look it up. <laughs> I just remember seeing it and liking it. I was like, heck yeah, Rev. Very <laughs> deserving bowler getting sat. She liked it and then scrolled on. Scrolled on by. Did the scroll on by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is 4269 sats from our boy Harv Hat. Uh, not only does he boost us on the outro, he also boosts us. Right when we go live, it seems, uh, we still are usually pre-streaming. When he hits us with this, 4269, and he does so from Boost CLI, and uh, I have to imagine that he's just getting a notification, because I hit that pod ping, and I go live, and uh, I I use the pod bin, uh, or the podverse admin tool to do it, but there are a few different ways to do it, and uh, yeah, he gets that noty, he sees it, he says, ah, time to boost, so we appreciate that very much, it's like clockwork. He's a very organized booster. So, Rev 
won the Fountain Podcast giveaway and got a pair of AirPods in a million sets. Oh, wow. But obviously, he's still waiting on uh, the sets. The Satoshi Millionaire. Would you look at that? Oh, did you just look at it? Very cool. I can't do the question. Everything for me has to be a statement. If I do the voice raise at the end. So no up talk for you. No, it's <laughs> it just falls apart. That's all right. This next bowler never falls apart, though. That's 8888 from Bully Steed. Bully Steed when she's here. That's right. When she's in the bowl, she's Bully Steed. And she's sending that in from Fountain, that 8888. She says, honey for that laryngitis. Well, thank you. I, I got some honey right here, actually. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's doing something. Thank you, Bully Steed. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, maybe helping a little bit. Giving you a nice coating. Yeah. I also brought you those uh, lozenges. Mentholated lozenges. Yeah, I'm sucking on one right now, which... Lozenges. Is going to ruin the taste of my energy drink, but I went for it anyway. Womp womp. And you've been You've been uh, taking some good vitamins too, yeah? Like zinc and whatever. Yeah. You're on your regimen. I haven't taken zinc in a minute. Oh. So, poo on me. Yeah, that's all right. We got some upstairs for the post show. That's right. And, of course, there's other ways you can contribute value to the bowl besides streaming sats or sending your cuck bucks. You can make some art. You can make some music. Or you can call us and contribute to the first time I ever topic. This week... We're talking about the first time you ever went to the DMV. All you have to do if you want to tell us about it is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of force will That's right. We'll play it. We will not screen it. And we look forward to hearing from you. You can also text if you're voice shy, and you can send pictures if you've got pictures. All all valid options. That's right. Show Bobs. Show Bobs and Vagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, excellent. Next, there's a nice little segment we like to roll into. Something by the name of a... Opting! Opting! Oh, yeah. I want to make a node build. That is the purpose of this segment. Getting you fired up for building a node. Why would I want to build a node? Well, uh, if you're a podcaster, your node is like your personal little uh, boost receiver. And you can actually run one on your own uh, equipment, on your own laptop or computer, I would recommend some old laptop over maybe a Raspberry Pi these days. It's because you get more computing power and uh, pretty low power draw. And you could actually find an old laptop, likely, easier than uh, finding a new Raspberry Pi. But these Raspberry Pis, man, they seem uh, to be lacking in CPU power. Uh, especially if you start getting more channels and routing payments. But the nice thing about Raspberry uh, Pis is the installation and setup is quite easy and 
uh, it's just universally established, I guess you could say. There's the largest support uh, for doing it that way. But, I don't know, you get in the, the node running game and you run it long enough, you realize, man, I think I need a little bit more juice. More power. More juice. So, uh, I'm looking to build me up a node. Uh, I still haven't launched it on the Think Center yet because I've been all wrapped up in this teach. So, uh, I kicked that can down the road another week. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I really thought it would be easier, uh, but it's not. <laughs> you got to do some research and uh, figure it out. As with everything, so. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Maybe. If I figure it out, I can, uh, I'll make a little guide to help Ooh. the next guy do it a little easier. Uh, last week we talked about the Fountain 2022 Rewind. Yes, we did. Because uh, we were very jacked to wind up on the uh, top 10 list. And it was after the show and the post show we were talking. And to my horror, I was too stupid to uh, mention all of our friends that also made this uh, rewind and landed themselves in the top 50 last year. Yeah. So proud Which we of this community. The NA stream shows have made a very strong showing. Uh, in this list, and I just wanted to acknowledge that because it really speaks to um, our community's understanding and appreciation of value for value. Uh, so I think it's no surprise that uh, Adam Curry's shows are peppered throughout the top 10, uh, including, again, number one is Podcasting 2.0, which is just a natural – I mean, that's what you would expect – yeah. Podcasting 2.0, that's where all of this started. There wouldn't be any boosting streaming sets without Adam Curry and Dave Jones building the whole protocol and putting it all together with the podcast index. So they were number one uh, in 2020. Right behind that, no agenda, number two, which is interesting because they definitely have probably the large, one of the largest audiences in the top 10. Um, but they don't read or acknowledge boosts on the show, even though they get uh, quite a lot. So that's always an interesting one. It's kind of a funny, ironic uh, entry there. Even though there's no real producer credit slash reward necessarily for boosting no agenda, lots of people still love to do it. They're given value. That's right. They are given value. Uh, next up... As far as NA shows go, Mo Fax came in at number six. And Curry and the Keeper came in at number eight. So that's four Adam Curry shows out of the top ten. He's got 40% nice. of the top ten list. <coughs> Excuse me. By the way, we just heard the pins. 8888 just came in from Booberry out of Boost CLI. And uh, he says, can't wait for y'all to read about Booberry Checks His Nose. A backed biogram? <laughs> Oh, God. Never going to happen. Yeah, I need to scroll up to see that link because I heard you talking about it. Uh, yeah, I had mentioned it briefly. Do you have uh, access to that? I do. Or maybe Boobs can repost it, by the way, because I do want to read uh, about that. Um, yeah, you do. But it had slipped my radar, so thank you for boost reminding. Ah, there we go. Perfect. Uh, So course we came in at number 10 we talked about that already that's all not what anybody wants to hear i'm just kidding 
Um, 15 behind the schemes. Speak of the devil, Blueberry himself, as uh, as well as Lavish. I would say probably my biggest boost inspiration is Blueberry. The things that he's come up with in terms of boost bots and the extra levels he's taken it, things like uh, all the different sounds that he gets going on his show, depending on the number that you boost. Um, these are all things that like... I've dreamed about and said out loud, you know, and like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, uh, meanwhile, Booberry's like, fuck nice if I'm going to run out there and get it done. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And, um, a pioneer. I love it. He is just absolutely out there on the front lines. Crushing it. Um, continues to impress me deeply, uh, with all of his, uh, stuff that he's been bringing in for the, for the boosts and for the, uh, live stream the lit tag and all of that um truly a force to be reckoned with that man uh number 20 another in a stream show our buddies over at hog story hog story number 20 of the entire 2022 yeah. man uh those are some folks where we actually went through a period of time trying to convince them to even adopt this at all <laughs> yep you know and uh Fletcher has a, a very healthy bit of skepticism and raised valid concerns. And uh, that was really a a learning experience for me. That was like a spiritual kind of thing for me to go through was getting value enabled and then turning around and saying, okay, how do I get other people to understand what's going on here and also get on board and I kind of, <clears throat> I think we all have different roles to play and we all have different solutions for this problem. I think we're all going to be called to respond to this in different ways. There is not a one silver bullet way to quote unquote orange pill people or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, for me, I found out rather quickly that spamming people with links and just trying to counter FUD is not where I am supposed to be and it's not what I'm meant to be doing with my time. And it was kind of bittersweet because it was kind of like on the one hand, I do want my friends and the people I love to have this enabled and to, you know, have a future proof money and get into the system. But on the other hand, I'm not the guy that is going to be the convincer, at least with an argument or with a link to somebody else's argument. What I'm going to be is instead just one example of many examples out here doing it. And I th that was like big for me. Difficult to just be. I just had to be like, hey, Fletcher, you know what? You're right to have concerns. And, uh, you know, I just I, I hope you do the thing. But I don't like I'm, I'm not in the convince game. Yeah, that was a whole bowls with buds. Yeah, 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 and we argued about it a little bit, like uh, just kind of an intellectual argument in way, you know, not like a never got like emotional. I mean, Fletcher's my brother, you know, so it never really got like, oh, you suck, I hate you. Why don't you just do it, you stubborn <laughs> no. son of a bitch? It was never like that, you know. It was just kind of like, hey, you know what? Why don't you do your research? Like, and and he did, and yeah. 
not only did he do his research, not only did he get Hog Story value enabled, but he's the 20th most supported show of the entire last year, uh, which is just wild. Not far, uh, not far after on the list is MMO. Yeah. Millennial Media Offensive, our Tuesday buddies that we mentioned before. 23 on the list. Woo! And they didn't even get enabled right away. Like at the beginning of 2022, when these stats started, they weren't even receiving stats. So I would probably look to them to be on a higher spot next year. Definitely. All things considered, uh, when you think about it that way. Those are some guys who really know how to go from zero to 60 really quick. Yeah. They just, uh, they get in the car and they hit that gas pedal. Yeah, the evolution of that show is amazing. Uh, I don't believe number 27, Mere Mortals, is on the NA stream, but friends of the show, and I think worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Kyron Down. Uh, Mere Mortals coming in at number 27. Then at number 30, another NA show, Grumpy Old Benz. Yeah. So, so far, let's see, in the top 10, we had one, two, three, four, five. And then in uh, following up, we had six, uh, let's see, seven, eight. We're up to nine now in the top 50 with Grumpy Old Benz. And right behind that, 31, Planet Rage. So nice. Darren O'Neill shows, 30 and 31. Represent. Yeah, that guy has a good strategy of spreading that over multiple shows and kind of congregating all those sets. So that's another good way to yeah. attack it, divide and conquer. Uh, and of course, Planet Rage is the show that he does with Larry Blinder, which has been stacking sets. Again, I'm not sure if they started the year out value-enabled either. So uh, they might be another pair of shows that uh, you might expect an increase on this list uh at the same time next year what else do we have uh i think it's funny huge shows that have huge followings like brett weinstein's dark horse podcast or the pomp podcast uh 36 and 37 respectively shows that have way more support in terms of listenership and way more uh advertiser interest but um, they aren't pushing the V for V as hard. So I think that most of their streaming stats from Fountain just come as a uh, as a consequence of people actually using Fountain and pulling up their favorite podcasts in it, but not being told to go there and told to boost by the show itself. Mm. It's just kind of interesting to think about that in terms of where they land on this list. Yeah. Uh, Intergalactic Boombox, by the way, came in at 35. I think they play that on the NA stream, but I'm not 100% sure. I believe they do. So there's another one. Another one. One of us. One of us. Uh, another Chiron show at number 40, V for V, Value uh, for yes. Value. That's a nice one. 41, Rare Encounter. Then there's our uh, buddies, Abel Kirby and Cold Acid. Uh, 41 on the list. And then rounding it off at number 50, The Lotus Effect. Yeah. Our buddies phone boy in phoenix so all together i think that's what 12 out of the top 50 are in a stream shows so that's a really awesome thing for our community like we are over 20 percent of the top 50 list for 2022 out of fountain and i really appreciate that fountain does these 
kind of stats and lets everybody see kind of what's going on because I don't know. It's just, uh, I, w- I wish more podcast apps would do something similar. Maybe not exactly the same. Maybe you could, maybe they could all do different spins on it, but, um, just kind of, this is a, this is a cool value drive and a cool, uh, I think, I think it's just cool to see, take a step back and see what's actually happening in the, in the ecosystem Definitely. and where, where people stand. Um, there's gotta also be a balance though, right? Cause you can't just be like looking at fountain charts every week and going, how do we climb? How do we climb? No. Uh, cause then it could get gross and gamified and, and really it takes the focus away from where it should be, which for us is always putting value into the show itself. How do we make this valuable? But visiting this kind of stuff like once a year, uh, I do see value in that too. So it's a pretty cool thing that they do. Yeah, and giving shouts out to our friends in this valuable community. Exactly. Because it's awesome to see us here. And um, like Booberry had mentioned in the chat last week, imagine if they got the live item tag rocking and rolling. Dude, it, it's fucking <laughs> game over once they do live item and fountain. Yeah. Because when they do live item and fountain, then there's going to be a tab you can hit that shows live shows and there ain't going to be that many. Nope. But I can, <laughs> I know which ones will be in there. Yep. We mentioned them. And uh, it will be all the shows. Yes, exactly. That we mentioned because all of those shows have a live aspect and all of those shows read live booze. And in fact, I would, I think that most of us would agree that a bulk of our boosts come in live despite fountain, not supporting live tag. Definitely. Uh, and you heard him earlier tonight. Like all of those fountain boosts I had mentioned came in while we were talking to you live and the bowlers are out there listening live, uh, boosting from fountain, but obviously not listening from fountain. So uh, I think that they'll come up with something big. They just rolled out a major update over there at fountain, by the way. So I know they've been putting a lot of time and effort into that uh, fountain version 0.6. I know that for a while they've been wanting to get away from Ellen Pay as their wallet infrastructure and their custodial wallet provider. And so now they actually use Zebedee. Ah, Zebedee. The wallets are now powered by Zebedee. Uh, we've talked about Zebedee on the show before. They are a Lightning wallet, but they're mostly associated with Lightning gaming. That's right. And so a lot of different phone games you can play that pay you sats. You can just type in your Zebedee username and get the sats kind of lightning paid to you really quickly hello brain doku exactly <laughs> they also are the first uh lightning address that i ever had so like you can have uh fountain gives you one so fountain was the fountain was the second one i ever had but that just gives you an an email address like syntax but something that can receive a lightning payment sure like alby uh, Albi has one as well. Yeah. So there are a lot of different uh, lightning address providers now. And uh, that was the first one I ever saw was Zebedee. There's also a totally new UI. And uh, I think this is going to help at least with onboarding. There is MoonPay integration now. So oh, okay. you can punch a, cr- a debit card in and actually just directly in Fountain buy sats off of a debit card nice yep which people have been asking for and wanting for a very long time so it's nice that that uh, exists 
Now, I think that, uh, I want to say it was Breeze. Somebody already had something like this. Uh, might not have been Breeze. Um, I know that there's something in uh, Wallet of Satoshi, which was the first Lightning wallet that I ever used. Uh, wallet of Satoshi has a way to just buy it right in the app. Let me pull it up real quick and see what that might be, actually. Okie dokie. It is through MoonPay, yeah. So that's probably what I'm thinking of. Wallet of Satoshi uses MoonPay. Uh, it had been a while since I used MoonPay, so I did try it out since the fresh new update came out. I was like, yeah, why not? I'll give it a shot. Uh, it's interesting because now when you go to the wallet uh, tab in Fountain and you click on the little dot, dot, dot next to wallet, you can fund wallet, withdraw from wallet. You can share your lightning address like we talked about before. So like mine's Sir Spencer at fountain.fm. Or you can connect to Zebedee. And so you can actually connect to your Zebedee wallet in the background. And uh, that will allow you to increase your withdrawal, I believe, limits. And um, just give you a little bit more flexibility pulling sats uh, in and out of that wallet. Remember before it was kind of like capped out at, uh, I want to say a hundred thousand sats. And so if mm. you wanted to do a baller boost, you'd have to make like eight, nine, 10. If you wanted to do a million sats, you'd have to make 10 different lightning transactions to get it in there. Oof. Um, which is a little bit, uh, I don't know. It's cumbersome. Tedious. Yes. Uh, so now that's all much more streamlined. The experience buying sats off of a debit card with moon pay if you are already savvy to buying sats somewhere else, uh, then there's a few things I think personally that are left to be desired. One of the things that is a little bit confusing is they only do on-chain uh, transactions. So if you make a Bitcoin purchase, it sends it to an on-chain wallet address on Fountain side, and then they credit your wallet with that. So that comes with all of the implications of making an on-chain transaction, including the need to wait for two confirmations in order to actually have that in your wallet and be able to spend it. So that takes, you know, a half hour, give or take. It's a random time. Nobody can truly predict uh, when your payment will confirm twice. But uh, about half hour. And that's around what it took for me as well. Uh, I took a few screenshots as I was going through this process just to kind of, I don't know, remember it all because I knew I wouldn't remember it. Uh, the first thing that bummed me out was, and this is true of Strike 2 and a lot of other places I've tried this on, I could not use my full prepaid Visa debit card Aww. to make the purchase. It would have been nice because obviously you spend, uh, you buy the sats and fountain, you use your fold card, you get to get sats back on it on the fold card. So it'd be like double dipping, but I don't know. Somebody's too savvy with that. The, the specific warning I got was that, uh, it was like, we looked at your credit card number and determined that the payment is likely to fail. And I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, why don't you just try to fucking run it? Why don't you just tell me it's going to be likely to fail? Like just run the son of a bitch. There's uh, like, there's a four figure balance on the goddamn fold card right now. And I'm putting 30 bucks into fountain. Like what reason is there for that not going through? I'm not really sure. I don't know. That's a weird one. But anyway, 
you get to this confirm screen, right? Uh, the quotes update every seven seconds for how many corns you're going to get for your, for your 30 bucks. 30 bucks, by the way, is the minimum. Okay. When you're making a moon pay purchase, which for a various number of reasons, but basically like moving sats on chain, there's a, there's a point where it gets too small to, to do feasibly. Uh, which by the way is another argument for, Hey, why, why not have lightning rails on this thing? Yeah. Then you could, you know, put a nickel in and it wouldn't be uh, cost prohibitive, but regardless, $30 minimum. So I did $30. Uh, there is a network fee out of that $30 that was 17 cents. Uh, they have a little eye for more information. I didn't touch it, so I'm not really sure, but I assume this is to pay the on-chain transaction fee. And then there's a processing fee, which goes to MoonPay. That was $4.25. Oof. So for my $30, I actually got $25.58 worth of uh, actual Bitcoin. So that is another kind of downside with the MoonPay integration is you can get much cheaper um, fee-less buys with uh, Strike. And I would still recommend if, uh, for those of you who are more savvy with the Bitcoin buying and using to, uh, Strike just seems like the best experience and price overall uh, for us. Let's see what's the next screen cap. So, this got so maternally fucking, I don't know. It was just like very nanny Ew. buying this Bitcoin, which which is going to be great for oh. all the mom jeans, sons of bitches that need to get in here and do things. Okay. So like yeah. I see where there's a good thing for this. And uh, we have this one final security check, which turns out was not really the final verification at all. But they promised here, they promised here one final security check. Crypto transactions are irreversible. We're here to help you protect you from scams. Stop if someone gave you a link to make this purchase, someone you met on social media is guiding you to invest in Bitcoin, or someone showed you an investment website to use that you haven't used before. Learn more how to avoid scams here. And then there's a big confirm order button, and below that you can hit stop and get support. So just in case you're not worried enough, uh, they say stop if these things, um, including stop if someone gave you a link to make this purchase. Like, I'm not sure. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the larger moon ecosystem where scammers could give you a moon link and say, here, buy Bitcoin when really you're just sending it to them. I guess that's possible. So I tap confirm order. I'm like, yes, give me the stuff, please. Then it pulls up <coughs> my bank. Apparently, uh, my bank debit card says transaction verification. To protect your purchase, we're sending you a verification code. Where would you like the verification code sent? And the only option was via a voice call. So I hit next and a robot calls me from California. And the first time the robot called me, and just hung up on me. The second time, uh, so because the first time the robot called me and hung up on me, I had to hit resend me the code. Like I had to hit the button again. And the second time the robot called me, I 
answer. And I, I was like, oh, was it because I didn't say hello or something stupid? Do I have to like activate the robot? But no, the second time I answered and she talked right away. Hello, we are verifying your payment. Please enter the following six digit code. And then they say it so slow. And it's like, I'm not typing it in to my phone while I'm on the phone listening. So just give me the goddamn number. It's like two, five, three, four. And it's like, I I forgot the numbers by the time you're the fifth number. I'm like, I'm having to repeat it to myself every time she gives me a new number. That was very annoying. So I enter this stupid six digit code. Then finally I get to this screen, almost done processing transaction we're purchasing your bitcoin this takes up between a few minutes and a few hours thanks for your patience (laughs) it's like this big window you know that is a big window yeah and then when you go back into fountain if you close that window because it tells you hey you can close it no big deal don't worry so you close that window you go back to your fountain wallet you still have whatever like if you start it with zero and you just buy bitcoin you still have zero sats but there is an entry under transactions for a deposit purchase pending of however many that you bought. So it does at least tell you in there that uh, it worked and the the money's coming. The money's going to show up. Um, Adam pointed out on podcastindex.social that if you stream sats or do some boosts, then that uh, message that your Bitcoin is pending it just gets pushed down because it's a linear timeline notification list. So if you're streaming payments and you're doing other things with your wallet before that is confirmed, uh, then you're just going to lose that message. It's going like, to get pushed down. You have to scroll down to get it. So I think that very soon they're going to be pinning any kind of uh, pending payments. They're going to be pinning those to the top. Uh, but overall, definitely a big improvement as far as a wider uh, pool of people to get involved and get boosting. They made it easier for a lot of people to start boosting, which is nice. And I don't know that $30 minimum might have a silver lining in that people are going to have to put at least 30 bucks into their wallet if they want to swipe a card to do it. Yeah, I guess it's like a handicap ramp. Yeah. It, <laughs> you also could argue on the other side that maybe people won't do it for 30 bucks. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited about the changes. At least it's, uh, it's cool to see that they're always trying new things. And I know for sure that there were some frustration points with uh, Ellen Pay in terms of reliability. And uh, sometimes you just wouldn't be able to boost stuff because of whatever uh, Ellen Pay was doing. So, hey, what can you do? What can you do? Well, anything is an improvement from not being able to boost, I guess. Yes, I would agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. Hey, I didn't hear any pins fall, but I saw some boosts coming in. Oh, did you really? I did. Oh, yes, I see it. I see it. Well, I have a confession for the bowlers out there. Uh, My helipad hasn't seen a boost for six days. So I have been just (laughs) cheating the boost sounds in. And uh, when I'm doing my rundown, I don't have an eye on that. Uh, But And I don't have the button. Hey, citizen... Did send us a big bad boost of one sixty nine sixty nine. Woo! Thank you, hey citizen. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dudes. And uh, he's boosting the live tag in Podverse, and he's sending some fuck laryngitis karma. Fuck laryngitis karma. 
<laughs> laryngitis. Oh, my, my laryngitis is inflamed. <laughs> uh, for good measure. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yes, fuck laryngitis. Or Shit sucks. Fuck laryngitis. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm versatile. And then we also had a 6969. 69! 69, dude! That one coming in from Booberry on the uh, Boost CLI. Boosting Sovereign from your own node. This is a very odd way of spelling boost, he says. And he links to a higher sa- higher side sats. <laughs> God damn it. Higher side chats podcast tweet. Uh, where they tweeted, I've talked to a few ad placement companies this week, uh-oh. And with THC's numbers, I could get about $3,000 per ad. Most shows have six ads per episode. I could drop the whole show down to an hour, make 18000 per episode slash 90000 per month, and never have to reset another plus member password. <laughs> mm. Oh, no. Go away from the dark side. All yeah. right, well... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, Greg. Cross uh cross my boost and hope to die. Holy <laughs> moly. Uh yeah. RIP says Boobery. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? And that's what the bean counters love is for you to just say, like, you want to see the inflated quote. And then do the multiplication and go, oh my God, I could be making a million dollars. What the hell am I doing? I can just make a million dollars by taking ads. Uh, I doubt those numbers will pan out, but. You never know. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. What the fuck do I know? Not shit about ads, that's for sure. Not shit about ads. But we know about value. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Let me get another. Booberry link going here because I wanted to see this presenting backed by the world's first bankless decentralized uncensorable subscription platform for creators. You can't be deplatformed. There are no middlemen. It's Patreon on the blockchain, but it's half the price and it looks even better. Try it at backed.by with a friggin' really shitty quality uh, Iron Man gif. Wonderful thread here. Uh, surely it's just uh, going to change the world and, and make traffic bearable. For only sixteen ninety nine. First reply, <laughs> nice idea, but you've built it on Polygon, which is a centralized disaster. Best, best of luck all the same. The contracts can be deployed on any EVM compatible chain, which we intend to do in the future. So it's what? It's built on ETH? Is that right? I don't know. I saw something about stable coins in there. I will have to dig uh, deeper. But yeah, they pay people out in stable coins, which is nice because it's so stable. Uh, You were reading me some of these earlier. Yeah, I was. (laughs) You pay rent in dollars, so you want to get paid in dollars. Don't tell me what the fuck I pay and what I want because you have no idea what I want. Yeah. And I pay a mortgage, not rent. And I want to stack sets. I'm not your just... Every day, millennial, I'm like a fucking old man over here. Can't you hear my voice? I'm an old man. <laughs> oh, my good God. Oh, there's uh, oh. 6969 from Bully Steed. Look at that. 
It just naturally came in. Bully Steed. 69! 69, Bully Steed says she's here for the shit-stained gold. Well, we got some gold for you. In nugget form. Yeah, gold nugs in the bowl. Gold nugs. Uh, I saw that researchers posted some analysis of encrypted messenger Threema, which I have never heard, but apparently it's quite popular in Central Europe. <coughs> in fact, uh, so Threema is a Swiss messaging application, kind of like uh, Signal or other privacy-focused uh, messengers. It has more than 10 million users. Prominent users include the Swiss government, the Swiss army, and the current chancellor of Germany, Olaf Scholz. And uh, researchers discovered seven vulnerabilities which have been disclosed, including things like uh, ephemeral key compromise impersonation, vouchbox forgery, message reordering, and deletion. Uh, lots of crazy attacks that can happen. So Is that all? Yeah. Just seven. Yeah, seven different uh, vulnerabilities there. So they're working on fixing all of those. Woo. They've been publicly disclosed. So I don't know. They are rolling out a new protocol in Threema called IBEX. And the IBEX protocol is supposed to provide forward security in Threema. But they have not audited the new protocol yet. Mm. So it'll be back to the drawing board. We'll see if they got it right. Uh, Gemini co-founder, we brought you the story last week. Cameron Winklevoss was uh, Twitter flame warring the uh, DCG and the DCG board and Barry Silbert last week saying, hey, you guys were full of shit and uh, you owe us a bunch of money. Uh, just today... He wrote an open letter to the board of DCG, uh, basically accusing them all of fraud, outright fraud, um, by misrepresenting their position over the past summer after they lost their ass when 3AC went down. So they took uh, apparently about a $1.2 billion hit when 3AC went down because they were so heavily collateralized over there. And then instead of filling the hole or restructuring some of their other debt and their other loan books, they just kind of said they did, but didn't. At mm. least that is what uh, Mr. Winklevoss is claiming in this open letter. Wouldn't surprise me. There's so much fuckery that's uh, gone on in this past summer. So that continues to boil. And then uh, lastly, I want to end on this. Um, this Peter Zihan, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but uh, Adam brought him up on No Agenda. He had a recent Joe Rogan appearance, and uh, he's kind of getting dunked on for his, I don't know, sort of uh, tone deaf or, or ignorance on uh, why he's not into Bitcoin on uh, when he did his Rogan appearance. Uh, and I'll just play some of that. There's no intrinsic value to this asset. Mm. And now it's starting to be priced appropriately. So it has a, you know, what's Bitcoin at? 16,000? It has another 17,000 to go down. Duh. Really? Yeah. There's, there's no intrinsic value to this product. 
And do you think that people just inherently like lost faith in the idea behind crypto because of FTX? Well, it's, because of it became an ideology. And whenever you invest based on an ideology, you're going to make some decisions that are a little divorced from math. And how, what do you mean by ideology? Well, the people who really like crypto are convinced that it's the currency of the future and that a decentralized ledger is the way to go and that anything that is controlled by a government entity is by definition a negative, and if it's done by the private sector freely, it will be better. And that's just not how currency works. Currency is a method of exchange and a store of value. And for that, there has to be a degree of trust, and you have to have it managed in terms of volume. I mean, one of the, the craziest things about Bitcoin uh, is that there will never be more than X number of units of Bitcoin. Well, by default, that means it can't be used for trade because the whole idea of economic activity is that there's expansion, which means you need more currency to lubricate and manage that expansion. Ooh. If currency is locked in at a specific number, you get monetary inflation, and that is one of the fastest ways to destroy an economic model. So because of the lack of Bitcoin, because there's a certain controlled number, mm -hmm. the only thing that can happen is Bitcoin becomes more expensive. Right. And, and that means that the people who hold it are the ones that make the money, but everyone else suffers? I'm sorry, that's not viable. The <clears> alternative <throat> is you have some private dude out there who generates the coins on a whim. How is that different from the monetary reserve or the monetary authorities that we have at the Federal Reserve, except for the point that there's no accountability? No, no. So this is really making heavy rounds on, uh, on Twitter, as you would expect. And... Uh, the last part there is like the most mind-boggling part. He's like, okay, you can't have a money that is set in its uh, quantity, but then you also can't have people issuing the money either. So it's like both ways are bad uh, in his unique worldview. But he's got it totally ass backwards uh, when he says that fixing the quantity causes monetary inflation right it's, it's, it's the opposite and so i don't i don't know it just it just boggles the mind the the problem about trade has already been addressed when you don't need to add more coins to the system in order to bolster trade you just need to break smaller pieces off and that's what we have in sats but satoshi long ago already stated that sats can even be further divided. So right now it's like eight decimal places or whatever. It's 100 million sats is one Bitcoin. So we already have 100 million, 100 millionth of a unit that we can trade. But in the case that a Bitcoin becomes even more pricey uh, to the point where even one sat would be cumbersome, which wouldn't really be, you wouldn't have to have it super extreme on a sat level. Let's say a sat becomes a dollar someday. Already, if a sat would hit a dollar, that would be a little too cumbersome because then you couldn't do a nickel. You couldn't do five cents. You couldn't do uh, smaller than a dollar, essentially. So in that case, you would just do millisats. Yeah. And you would just break it even smaller down. Uh, the, the thing could be infinitely divided. And so if you need somehow more shit to trade with or smaller pieces to trade with. You can just trade smaller pieces, but that doesn't debase the value of the currency itself. And so that's why, uh, you know, despite this guy's not being able to wrap his 
tiny spook fucking shill mind around it. Uh, why the 21 million sats or the 21 million Bitcoin number is so important to the Bitcoin ecosystem and there will never be more than that. It's because no one can come along and devalue the shit that I have that I've been holding. And so, yeah, everybody else suffers and the holders gain over time. That's part of the whole fucking meme about have fun, stay poor. Like, I I don't understand what's so complicated about this, but it's really been uh, going through the through the loop there. He just sounds like a fed fud faggot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like he's just out there to spread the fud. And that's fine. Stay poor. (laughs) Uh, Fucking little knot bun in the back of his head with the suit. Gross. Man, it's just, if you watch him, you just want to hate him even more. Yeah, the visual really did it for me here. Because he's just like, he does the little, the fucking head wag thing. You know when people wag their head when they're like, oh, I have information and I know things that other people don't know. And those other people are fucking dumb. It's condescending. Condescending. Exactly. It's the embodiment of that. The body language and the tone of voice and all of that. And Joe, he's just trying to figure it out. And you can tell yeah. Joe's confused because he's like, uh, I've had a lot of other dudes tell me other things. But, you know, I don't know. Our our very good friend, our, our pod lord and pod savior, Adam Curry, is going on there pretty soon. So uh, maybe he'll have a thing or two to say on the other side of it. But who knows? He'll sage that studio. Yeah. Chase those uh, spook-ass demons out of there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Smoke them out with some good old weed. That's right. Yeah, when's that happening? So when are we smoking some weed? Soon. But you might not want to do it near your Christmas tree if that's still up like it is here in our house. Oh, why not? Because 33% of Christmas tree fires occur in January, a study says. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yeah. They get pretty fucking dry. They're drying out, becoming more combustible. Who'd have thunk? Uh, And did you know, this is a good info point here, that real Christmas trees, they're more likely to catch fire than artificial trees. (laughs) No shit. I love that they had to spell that out in this article. Yeah, this all... You mean wood and pine needles burn better than flame retardant materials and metal yes wow i learned something new today on the bowl (laughs) i'm so glad (laughs) yeah there's an average two civilian deaths per year thanks to christmas tree fires those are rookie numbers man we need to get those numbers up no 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 no. (laughs) pump them down there should be zero this is inexcusable death by christmas tree the only tip I saw that was maybe helpful is uh, don't leave your dead-ass tree in the garage. That would help, yeah. Yeah, that seems like a bad place to It's a perfect winter bonfire. Wood. If you get a real fucking tree, just clip it up and make a bonfire. Oh, but you're in the burbs and your HOA won't let you do that, I bet. Well, <laughs> then, <laughs> you deserve to burn. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Flame on. You can also use pine needles for tea. And other sorts of things. You could probably break it down into a bunch of useful... You know, throw the wood in your fire. I don't know. You might not want to burn dirty fucking wood. Pine but, is you know. pine is okay. 
Okay, throw it in the fire, please. For a fire starter, you don't really want it as your main burner because it's sappy as shit and it will kind Ooh. of throw some smoke. But uh, in fact, I think that Nature Mike was losing his shit out of uh, homeboy burning dirty fucking pine. Oof. If I remember right. And then uh, he got into the whole confrontation. That's the unclean wood that's making my life miserable. But yeah. uh, when I was in the Scouts, we used to have this thing called the Klondike Derby. And the Klondike Derby was a little competition we'd do in the in the winter. It would be in January where uh, you'd build a Klondike sled and then all of your gear and stuff went on the sled and dudes would pull it around from station to station. There'd be a bunch of different challenges you'd have to do, knot tying and uh, uh, orientation. And one of them was fire building and there was a kind of a metal trough fire pit and then on each end, there would be a stick coming up. And then about, I don't know, maybe two and a half feet, three feet above the bottom of the, of the, of the wood barrel, the fire pit, there would be a string tied from end to end. So there's this one string. And so they would time you and see how long it took you from when they said go to burn the string. Whoa. And the deal was you could build the fire first so you could build up anything you want. It couldn't go above the top of the fire pit. And then when they said go, you could uh, strike your match or hit your flint and steel for bonus points. If you use flint and steel, you got bonus. You could also use a match. That was the only two options. You couldn't use any lighter fluid. No, no. All natural materials only. And so what you would do to absolutely smoke ass at this competition, you just get a bunch of fucking pine branches with green needles even. It didn't even need to be that dry because those things go up like woof. Oh. So you just stack a bunch of pine all top, on top of one another. An old Christmas tree would be perfect. And so one of the guys in our patrol who got real Christmas trees, that's what he'd always do is just bring in clippings from the old Christmas tree that was dried out. The secret sauce. Goes right up, man. We would never take more than 20 seconds to get that uh, string burned, and I think seven was the fastest we ever did it. Wow. Super fast. Very piney, very legal. They get hot. They get hot fast. Hot trees. Well, they might get wet in California because 33 million people in California are under flood watch amid a winter storm. I don't know if you saw that. I've seen some videos of flooding. Which looked pretty hardcore. Like you're going to need a boat. And my third Sorry. top 333 story for this eve. This one was kind of sad. The headline is Nan, 92, asked to die during 33-hour wait on Liverpool Hospital Corridor. Uh, not me Nan. Not me Nan. Yeah, but you know what? She's making a full recovery from the flu, and she did get a hospital bed, so it kind of defeats the purpose there so of she, the scare tactic. She didn't get her wish. No, she did not get her wish. <laughs> Sorry, nine more lives for you, Nan. Maybe if you were Canadian. <laughs> yeah, definitely if you were Canadian. Yep, just a hop across the pond. But, you know, they talked all about these uh, hallways in the hospital being full of patients and stuff, but they don't offer a single picture. To prove it. In fact, they had a picture in the article of an empty hallway with empty beds. And that kind of bothered me. Because I was like, you know, that looks like there's plenty of room. 
They don't, uh, and I understand if you don't want to post patient photos, you know, if you can't get the back of everyone's head or yeah. if there's gore going on. But they didn't even have a picture of a full parking lot or anything. You understand? Like, there's no proof other than this young man saying, my grandma wanted to die because she had to wait 33 hours in a hallway. Oh, you mean that? She was begging for death. Yeah. Ah, well. Someone who wasn't begging for death, but got it. I've got a coof story. Oh, shit. You've surely seen this by now. Gregory Yee, the Times reporter for the LA Times, died at 33. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he died unexpectedly. Oh, of complications from a respiratory issue. Can't breathe. Could have been that laryngitis. Could have got. Could have been a lot of things. He got bronchitis. <laughs> <laughs> and now he really ain't got time for it. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Rest in peace. Hate seeing all these 33 deaths. And there's a lot in local obituaries. If you take a peek, it's it's pretty sad. 33% increase in 33-year-olds dying. I think so. And with that's, that... That's never good. Let's head behind the curtain. Let's do it. But let's also, quick. let's read some boosts as we're uh, walking back here and prepping bowls and cheese. Oh, was there a bo- Oh, my God. There was a boost. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. There was another one. Look it. The first one was uh, 14,141 sats from Fletcher. Woo. Thanks, Fletch. Out of the fountain app. No, no. Just love. So, love you, too. And uh, 6666... From Booberry, Big Bad Booberry. Oh, excuse me. This isn't Booberry. This was Boo Fury. Oh, yep. See him in the chat flipping tables. We unleashed the Fury. And uh, for 6666 sats, did I say that right? I am so off my game, you guys, that it is so fucking. I'm sad. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. 6666 sats. That's 6,666 sats. Out of Boost CLI, he says, the power of Satoshi compels you. Love it. You love to see it. I'm compelled. Yep. Compels the spooks right out of the room. Where is my joint? (laughs) They call this a joint. Oh, they call this month National Birth Defects Awareness Month. Did you know that? Uh, I did. I was going to launch the podcast with that. What a way. (laughs) Happy National Birth Defects Awareness Month, everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's coming from the CDC. These people are sick. Cock Central. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what they say causes birth defects? Uh, Having sex and working out. Weed. Weed? The weed. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. If If you're planning to become pregnant or are pregnant, oh, man, if you have that weed, you know. Let's That's blame it on the weed, everybody. Could defect the fuck out of your baby. Oh, man, I got some According defections. to the CDC with no sources cited. I got some defections for the CDC. Yeah, it bugged me. You know it bugs me. It always gets to me. They don't talk about all the weird uh, anti-nausea pills and stuff that they give pregnant women. And I'm going to say that know, running over potholes has caused more birth defects than weed has. Probably. Without citing a single source, just pulling it straight out of my ass. I'm going to say it. I'm going to stand by it. Yeah. They put weed right next to cigarettes. And then alcohol is like under that, you know. Alcohol is the leading cause of birth defects. What are they trying to pull? What the fuck? Honestly, what the fuck are they trying to pull? 
you drink alcohol while you're pregnant, your baby comes out all big forehead, like looking like Greta Thunberg looking shit. If if you drink a lot, that's what if I'm you saying. Drink a lot. Yeah, you'd have to drink a lot. Yeah, oh, you got to be getting hammered pretty much every day. Yeah, or every night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get hammered while pregnant. Perhaps is better advice than the complete. Not a single drink while you're pregnant. Wah, wah, wah. The nanny state, you know? There's, yeah, there's a window to be had for sure. Don't smoke weed or cigarettes. You know, they don't mention meth or PCP or crack or anything. So, wow, maybe those things are fine. Maybe those things don't cause birth defects. No boofing ecstasy while you're pregnant. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it's just gross. And they've got those stupid... <coughs> graphics that I just can't stand with everyone's bodies out of perspective, you know, big hands and little heads and big arms and oh, no. different colors that, that aren't human. Gruesome. It's terrible. But uh also terrible, but kind of entertaining was this report that came out this week out of the Office of National Drug Control Policy. They sent it to Congress. And what this is is all of these drug task forces write-ups put together talking about what they've accomplished in high-intensity drug trafficking areas. So they talked about their priority drugs in these areas, and I'm sad to say that marijuana was number three on their priority list, which I just think is a waste of time at this point. Whatever. Uh, coming in first was meth, followed by heroin and synthetic opioids as one. Ugh. Thank you, clip of me I've got, talking I've, over as I've, me. I've got your uh, reactions right here on the board. Oh, I, I never have to react again. You can just hit buttons. I wish me. I had more of me so I wouldn't have to use this awful <laughs> busted ass voice today. You can just be me and it'll be me talking to me. Me after me. So they had numbers. Like, how many drugs they pulled off the streets. Right. You know, so that they can keep getting their federal funding or whatever. Isn't that fucked? It's, drugs are never on the sidewalk. You ever notice that? They're never hanging out in no. the yard. <coughs> or was it just the middle of the street? <coughs> Excuse you. Yeah, always. So they removed, and everything's in kilos, which really bothers me also. This is America, okay? <laughs> Let's put things in pounds. I had to do math here. Oh, I'm sorry. They removed over 4 million pounds of nugs from the traditional market. Oh, Jesus. Yep. And they had <laughs> outdoor plants and indoor plants that they confiscated listed in kilos saying that one weed plant is about 0 0.45 kilos. So when I did the math... In total, they stole three hundred and seventy-one thousand three hundred. Or sorry, three hundred. Yeah, I said that right. Three hundred seventy-one thousand three hundred ninety-two plants. Jeez, that's a lot of plants. Think of all the carbon that could have offset. Yeah. So, these are, of course, the report. Then gets broken down into the different regions, so that you can look at who did what. Blah, blah, blah. The Midwest high-intensity drug trafficking area, a.k.a. Hidta, if you didn't know. Hidta Bowl. 
Uh, AKA I-70. <laughs> yeah, right. The Midwest group covers counties in seven states. Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And there are 500 task forces oh my God. in that group with a headquarter in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> but their intelligence support centers with DEA contacts are all in St. Louis. Oh, geez. Yeah. That makes even more sense. That, that made a lot of sense to me. Actually, we had a voicemail from their uh, intelligence asset. Stupid! You're so stupid! No, you. <laughs> That's what pretty, I would say. It's always projection from those guys. Seriously. So they point out that urban areas are prone to uh, fentanyl, MDMA, and GHB. Then they gave a shout out for PCP coming into the KC area from California, I guess. Hey, yo, that Cali PCP in the KC. Despite weed being in the top three priorities, the Midwest report didn't really talk about it very much, which made me, you know, slightly proud, as slightly proud as you can be in a pig. Or maybe just less disgusted. Yeah, less disgusted. There you go. And they talked about their main focus being on (laughs) drug trafficking from Mexican cartels, mainly associated with meth. Sure. Moving meth to and fro. They say that they disrupted or dismantled, which I believe there's a big difference there, but whatever, 266 drug trafficking organizations, 24 of which were international, 144 were multi-state, and 98 were local. So, neat. Then when it comes to cash and assets seized, they brought in a whopping $28 million worth. Ooh. Now, all... I'm not going to go into all the different states and all the different groups, you know, all the task forces and what they had to say. But I've got a general overview of their complaints when it comes to legalization, which they just can't stand. Oh, boy. Here we go. Could it be more FUD? Uh, weed FUD is my favorite FUD. It's, it's totally that. Illicit weed is readily available with high demand and stable prices thanks to the legal market. Thank you, legal market. Yeah. Legalization invites more criminality with production and transport. Proof. Yeah. Uh, Criminals can partner with legal businesses. I suppose that's true. (laughs) We have seen incidents of this. By definition, there would be not legal businesses at that point, at that partnership, but okay. Well, you know, hiding behind one licensed person and such and moving things through a front. But yeah, illegal business. Yeah. More violent incidents, which they call here weed rips, which really tickled me. <laughs> weed rips. Because when I think of a weed rip, you know, I'm thinking someone's hitting the bong pretty hard. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, they're talking about more products stolen, which, yeah, obviously there's storefronts to steal them from. And with the traditional market, generally things don't get reported if they get stolen. Right. You know, there's no receipts involved and <laughs> no seed to sale tracking. Uh, they talk about an increase in human trafficking, gun trafficking, drug smuggling, and violence, thanks to legalization. I don't think, you know, the legal market is entirely to blame for that. Illegal grows on public lands. That could pose a threat to wildlife, don't you know? Thanks, legalization. I mean, if a moose ever came across a weed plant, 
<laughs> right. Probably heart attacks would happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's not like people grew on public lands before legalization. Oh, no. I feel like Johnny Potseed out there might have something to say about all this. Uh, they talked about THC extraction labs being a public safety hazard because they might explode. Okay. And uh, that could happen in the traditional market and legal market. So, I don't know. Yeah, too much butane in one spot. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little weird. No bueno. Especially if dudes are passing joints while they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, certain cases do happen. People really are that stupid. Demand for high-potency THC leads to business for Colorado and West Coast states. Damn you for making money. So hop on the train. <laughs> what are you bitching about? I know. It's so silly. And my the final takeaway here uh, from these law enforcement individuals is that pot is a material threat, and that's a quote, because the perceived danger of weed by the public is diminishing. But these agents, of course, still view it as very dangerous. Don't you love that? Oh, the public thinks it's safe, and that's dangerous. Good one, guys. Good one. Thanks, legalization. Yeah, it's just interesting. I think it's falling on deaf ears, all these complaints. They just have to write up this report for their funding, you know? It's just part of a checklist. They don't think anyone reads it and laughs at it like I do. <laughs> the Department of Justice and Safehouse have agreed to transfer their case to mediation. This is a long time coming. I mean, the litigation started in 2019, for Pete's sake. And, of course, Safehouse is an overdose prevention center. Or more commonly known as a safe consumption site. I think those terms have very different feelings that they carry uh, yeah. and that they should always go with overdose prevention center. But I like to imagine it as a DMV where you can shoot up. <laughs> it is the most accurate way to probably describe it. Yeah, you walk in, you get your clean needle, you got your drugs, and you can say, hello, nurse, because <laughs> they got to have them on staff to protect you, you know? Ah. So, um, this case was referred from a U.S. District Court judge to a federal magistrate, and they're hoping it'll speed things up, because it's been years. The last time I mentioned this in the bowl was when the Department of Justice asked for a two-month extension and was granted until January 9th to state a final position. And look at what they did. Nothing. So it just gets moved to a federal magistrate. So when they tried to take these facilities to the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court rejected to hear the case. So this is uh, the only chance they've got, I guess. We'll see if it sets a precedent or, or if anything happens. Maybe it'll just be like three more years with no answer. GW Research Limited is suing 12 competitors over alleged patent information or infringement. <laughs> Dude, whatever you've got is contagious, I'm telling you. <laughs> Getting a contact high. Trying. Now, GW is a subsidiary of Jazz Pharmaceuticals, which is a more familiar name to me, but they're the ones that have the FDA-approved epilepsy medicine, um, Epidiolex, Epidiolex, I'm not sure how to say it, but it's a CBD drug. 
And they wrote up this 322-page document, 11 pages short, boys. But they're trying to, uh, these other companies that they're suing, they want to create generics. And GW says, you have to wait until one of our patents expires, which won't be until September 2025. So, we'll see what happens. GW, not that long ago, I think it was in 2020, was on the receiving end of a patent infringement lawsuit from Canopy Growth, but that ended up getting dismissed because the judge interpreted it as no infringement at all. The American Society of Regional Anesthesia and Pain Medicine issued guidelines to screen surgery patients for weed. Oh, boy. So now, before they uh, shoot you up before surgery, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions, I guess. And depending on your answers, they might reschedule your damn surgery or cancel it altogether. Because they believe if you use weed regularly that you're, you know, the pain... And nausea after surgery could increase, and thus you would need more opioids. And they give no source for this. But here we are. They also have a point in here that if you are pregnant, they have to discourage using weed. Why? Which is just dumb and annoying and a nanny state thing to do. Uh, but <laughs> they suggest prescribing pregnant women with... Dronabinol, which sounded familiar, and I looked it up, and they said they want to prescribe it to treat weed withdrawal symptoms. Have you had weed withdrawal symptoms? No, but I've had Taco Bell withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, that's very real, and I also have not had weed withdrawal symptoms. So they want to prescribe this Dronabinol to treat those things if they are a thing, and dronabinol is used to treat nausea and vomiting caused by chemotherapy, but it's prescribed after other drugs have been prescribed to treat those very things. It's like a top-off drug. We're going to make sure you don't get nauseous or vomit with your normal drug and dronabinol. And then they just want to give that to pregnant women who might say, oh, yeah, I smoke weed every once in a while. <sighs> crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's gross. So, And they're going to be asking you questions like, well, how do you ingest weed? You know, do you smoke? Do you eat edibles? How much? You know, What's the milligrams on those edibles? How recently? What was, you know, how much do you use? Just too many. Too many damn questions. Right. It's shut the fuck up Friday every day. <laughs> That's you right. say no. Because, <laughs> yeah, they say, uh, they claim that your tolerance to anesthesia would be lowered if you are a weed smoker. They're fucking full of shit. I think so. I think so. I remember doing the countdown once and I was out by seven. You know, when they put the mask on you and they're like, count backwards from ten. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna stay awake. Nope. Nope. An Arizona mother who used weed to combat morning sickness just got her name removed from the child abuse registry. Oh, This geez. is a win. But I can't believe her name was ever on there. That's so disgusting. Yeah, she had to take this case all the way up to the Arizona Supreme Court. Um, and, of course, she ended up there because of the Department of Child Safety, where she worked and oh, obviously lost her job. There you go. But, yeah, her newborn 
or her baby <laughs> was born in February 2019. And... Sometimes when you have hospital births, they will test that first poop yeah, from the baby. The, what, the colostrum? No, that's your first milk that comes in. Oh, it's shit. Meconium. Merconium. Merconium. Yeah. yeah, it's that tarry substance. And they'll test that. And her baby tested positive for, and I quote, cannabis. And they don't oh, say Jesus. THC or whatever uh, they're actually looking at. But once your name gets put on this list... It stays there for 25 years. Oh, my God. And she couldn't get a new job because of this. That's a total abuse of the system. Yeah. She also was a medical patient, a card-carrying medical patient with a doctor's prescription. And it just makes me so mad. But I'm really happy to hear that the Supreme Court saw the bullshit in this and took her name off that list. And I hope it sets a precedent for other folks. I agree. You know? no should be able should. to do that. Yeah. You know, they tell you you can keep taking your, you know, Percocet and all these painkillers and stuff while you're pregnant if you've been prescribed them. So why not weed? Weed is much gentler on you. Yeah. I don't know. Recreational sales began in Connecticut, and Connecticut also launched an online portal for expungements. Now, it seems like they actually have automatic expungements rolling on. But you can go there onto their website and check to make sure that you have been expunged. And if you haven't, you can just fill out a little form, submit it, and get expunged, which is pretty cool. They're doing it right. Recreational sales also began in Detroit this past week. Last bowl, I talked about the Jefferson City City Council taking to vote whether they should put a 3% additional tax on recreational weed yeah. and put it on the November, uh, the April ballot. Well, of course, they thought that was a great idea. And then Columbia City Council met, and they thought, that's such a good idea. We should do that, too. So they did. So if you're in Columbia or Jefferson City, Missouri, you can vote on adding or not a 3% additional tax in April. Also... There's a bunch of Kansas City metro areas that are now discussing this additional tax. I'm looking at Independence, Blue Springs, Belton, Lee Summit, and Grain Valley. Who would vote for a tax? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe spiteful medical patients who are like, hey, I had to pay a fee for my license. You're going to, I don't know. I can't think of anyone that would want... More tax money to pay, but whatever. They're out there. They they do vote. Uh, also, this was exciting for me. The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services shared a sample or an example. They called it a sample, but it's really more of an example okay. of the consumer personal cultivation application, which Missourians will be able to apply for in a month. If you want to home grow slaves, you got to sign up and pay a $100 application fee to get a license to grow pot in your own home in the show me state. And you also have to attach a color photo of your face from within the past three months. Oh, my God. Along with a government issued ID. But that's not the grossest part. The grossest part to me, after you give them all of your information and I can't believe they didn't ask for your blood type with the amount of information they want. The first question, 
Do you agree to immediately make available access to the consumer personal cultivation space upon request from the department? I immediately said, fuck no, are you shitting me? You get this license, right? You're supposed to be in the clear. And then the department comes along and says, hey, if we want to see your plants, you let us in immediately. Boo. Fuck that. Don't do this. This is a bad idea. I'm just saying. Just a bad idea. Uh, do you, And then, of course, you know, do you agree that the plants will be located in a single, fully enclosed, stationary space that's locked, restricted access to only the authorized consumer and not viewable to anyone outside? <laughs> uh, and then, do you acknowledge you're only allowed to cultivate up to six flowering plants? And the plants have to be clearly labeled with the licensed consumer's name and license number. So you gotta make dog tags for your plants. Oh my god. For when the department lets you know that they're coming to your home to see them. This is so bad. It's so disappointing. Yeah. After this, it's hard to call this the show me state. We're not showing you a good example at all. No. Of how to do this. <laughs> oh well. In New York City, <laughs> three men wearing ski masks went into what they're calling an unlicensed weed shop, told the clerk to put the money in a bag, and then something got fucked up and one of the dudes decided to shoot him. Shit. What did they do? Leave in a black car, of course, with tinted windows. It's just, you know, the, the standard right. getaway vehicle. Uh, but they left the money on the counter. Oh, man. And the clerk was able to scoot his way out of the store, bleeding, you know, oh. and get wave down some help. And he's expected to be okay. Ooh. So that's good for him. Bad for these robbers. That's dumb. Yeah, you didn't get anything out of that. Shot a dude for nothing. Shot a dude for nothing. Dumb dumbs. But... The language in this article made me wonder. It says that they sell weed, THC-laced oil, and edibles. And I thought, what if by weed, they're just talking about CBD flour? Because here, before we were a recreationally legal state, you could go into some smoke shops and see pounds of weed on the counter or in glass jars. And they said, hey, it's 50 state legal because it's CBD, yep. which is true under the 2018 farm bill. I mean, maybe, you know, they don't really want you selling the weed. But how about this? THC-laced oil. Are we talking Delta 8 or are we talking something else? Delta 10, you know, like right. one of the federally legal ones. And then edibles. There's that weight loophole when it comes to Delta 9. You can sell Delta 9 edibles federally legally if it's the right weight, less than 0. Point, or yeah, 0.03% THC. So, I don't know. Just made me wonder. Just things I was thinking about as I read it. In Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine signed Senate Bill 288, which is a major criminal justice reform bill allowing cities to facilitate mass expungements, which is uh, good news. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of limited because it covers weed possession up to 200 grams, a fun number, uh, 
but it also further protects people in the future from having a paraphernalia charge added onto their criminal record. I hate the paraphernalia thing. Yeah, it's dumb. Obviously, you have the drug, you're going to have the tools to use it. And it sucks to have two charges instead of one. So that's cool. And also, in Ohio, the Secretary of State retransmitted a legalization proposal to lawmakers because they have a very interesting initiative process there where you gather half of the signatures, send your proposal to lawmakers. They have four months to act on it. And if they don't, it goes back to the activists to collect the other half of the signatures and put it on the November ballot. So this, of course, uh, is thanks to the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. And as you know, it's not actually going to be regulated like alcohol at all under these initiative petitions. But whatever. That's it. That's all I got for Behind the Curtain tonight. Very nicely done. Thanks. All right, all right. Um, We usually switch over to talk about what the great Sir Rev Cyber Trucker has in store for us. Uh, and we will get to that, but I neglected to mention that this weekend, uh, Abel Kirby and I laid to rest the great Abelcraft. Oh, I heard. Podcast, so. F in the chat. It was the final Abelcraft. It's the To your voice. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I blew it out. <laughs> trying to joking. Trying to cover Europe. Yeah, on the, a karaoke track. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of did a recap and did the final one. People are always hitting us up and saying, "Hey, when's the next one? When are you going to do another one? When are you going to do another one? and it, and the truth is that uh, there's not a lot uh, to report lately, and um, also I think Abel kind of wants to branch and. Newer, different directions, or free up some bandwidth, you know? Totally, yeah. In terms of uh, what he's going to be working on. Yeah. It was... As for my own stuff, like I've got this to-do list that I always refer to that I really want to get things done on. And he's right, you know, having having the show in addition to that is just yet another thing pushing other things back to the back burner. So Yeah. You're spinning a bunch of plates and it was just another plate. The time was right and we went out right, I think. So you can check that out. Yeah, you did the damn thing. Abel and the Wolf. That's right. That's right. So, and uh, who knows? You know, we may be back for another one, like, yeah, wildly. You never know what you, the future holds. You never know. Uh, we won't, but we could. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, what you can count on for sure, though, is the great Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker sending us a metal moment in week after week, bowl after bowl, and he's got another one for us. Want to hear it? I do. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Released in October of 1990, Seasons in the Abyss is a very special album to me. On my birthday in 1991, 
my parents bought me an album for the very first time, and it was Seasons in the Abyss. It was kind of special that my parents took the time to listen to what I actually listened to and purchased me a gift based on my own personal likes. From Slayer's 1990 Seasons in the Abyss, this is track number one, War Ensemble. The metal brought heavy. Yeah, bass parents. Yeah. Picking out good music. Oh. Whoa. Wow. That's an 11 minute ago strike for uh, Bully Steed. 7777 out of Fountain. She said, Keep preaching. You all are not wrong. Woo. Thanks, Bully Bully Steed. And thank you, Rev Cyber Trucker, for bringing metal moment after metal moment. That's right. Keeping it metal here in the bowl. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. We also appreciate bowlers calling in and leaving uh, as uh, one frequent caller calls them the vocal males uh, that we play for you every week. Kind of get your feedback and get your insight on uh, usually an ever rotating topic, what we call the first time I ever topic. We call F-tie. It, that's right, the F time. <laughs> you call in and you tell us the first time you ever did a thing. And this week, uh, remind us what it is again. I, it's the first time I ever went to the DMV. Ah, uh, yes, I remember now. Uh, yeah, and we did get a few different calls. Um, we got a couple in here. Let's 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 start us off. Okay. According to my scientific calculations, I uh, looked at my watch, and it's a Tuesday. That checks out. Oh, that out. means a question. A question. I- DMV. I mean, first time went there, go got the learner's permit, and uh, then you know, so wasn't anything. <laughs> Getting the permit, taking a little recent test and and whatnot in the back room or wherever it was, and uh, yeah, and uh, I think I got something wrong about ice on a bridge. So yeah. Uh, fun little story though. Not well. Anyway, was uh, I wonder? Remember last time I went to go take a picture, or I needed to renew my driver's license picture, and uh, so I went and took the picture, and and had a goofy looking face, 
you know, besides the normal, uh, but it is goofy looking, uh, made a goofy looking face to be more proper. And, uh, and then they're, they're like, oh, you look like you belong on the short bus. And that's what they told me. Ouch. So I, uh, wow. they made me take another picture. But then when I was going to get, uh, a new Costco card, I was telling them that I was telling the person that story, and and they let me take a goofy picture. So at least my Costco card makes me look like I was quote on the short bus. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So DMV, you know, just kind of like anything. Plan ahead, you know. Make sure you got some. Back in the day, it was more book to read kind of deal, but uh, everybody's just on my phone. But you know, hey, still bring a book. Um, and you know, at least at least here you can. Uh, like make appointments ahead of time. I've had short visits even when I didn't have an appointment and I've had a long visit. So, you know, whatever, just, you know, plan ahead, have some stuff to do, keep the whole self entertained, you know, and, and whatnot. So, all right. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether you're reading the book or reading the phone, just take a moment and say, Ka-ka! Thanks, caller. You remember the first time you ever went to the DMV? I do. It was to get my license, pass the tests. There was a, well, of course, they always have that thing where you look in the little scope, like you're getting an eye exam, and you have to tell them what the signs are. And then there was a written exam uh, for the first time you're getting your license. <coughs> I should mention this was the DMV in Taunton, Massachusetts. Taunton. And then you got to do the driving test. <coughs> it's contagious. I'm I'm losing it. Uh oh, spreading coof. <coughs> Coofing all over the place. Uh no, into my elbow. That's right. Like a grown up. <laughs> yeah, and I was really nervous driving with this DMV lady, and she didn't say hardly anything. You know, she wasn't personable oh, or friendly. And I, when I get nervous, I start making jokes, shitty jokes, but jokes. <coughs> she didn't take too kindly to that. But she passed me, so it was all good. Was there like a sheriff's deputy? We always had to take the per- the test with a sheriff's deputy. No, I think it was just a DMV lady. Just makes you that much more nervous. Yeah, fuck that. Especially if you stink. Like a uniformed like officer. <coughs> no, no, no. I didn't I didn't have to do it with an officer. That would have scared me. Yeah. A lot more. I would have maybe pooped my pants a little. That was for our. Uh, that was for our driver's test. Ugh. Sheriff's deputy. I remember I had to, there was a parallel parking spot, which is what I was most nervous for and what I had practiced for the most, but no one had explained parallel parking in a good way to me, like I can to other people now. Where you know you line up your mirrors, and start there. Anyways, I had to retry like. I started backing in just too hard, and I looked at her, and I was like, let me try again, and then I nailed it. Nice. <coughs> Second time's the charm. That's right. What about you? Well, I think that uh, just like our buddy Christopher Battles there, it was getting my permit that was the uh, first trip for me, and um, it was just a standard written test, so... In order to get your permit, you do the written test. And then the driving stuff doesn't come in until you actually get your license. So permit was just written test with some questions. 
and then you get your permit and then a year later you come back after X amount of road hours that your parents are supposed to sit in the car with you to, to supervise and teach you how to drive essentially. I can't remember the number of hours required, but damn, you just say, yeah, we did it. I mean, no one counts the fucking hours. Come on. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think I might've gone in for the permit individually with the written shit. And then it's another visit for the driving portion of the test where you actually get your license. I, uh, I had to take my drivers, I think, twice. Uh, and the first time was just, she stopped me at the beginning of the driving test because I, like, misjudged and pulled out of the parking lot. Uh, and this car was coming up on us, so it was, like, okay, but it was just, like... A little close. He was like, stop, we're done. I have to come back and take it again some other time. I was like, damn. Wow, what a pussy. You made it, though. I did make it. Yeah. It was fine. She was like, you had to accelerate too fast. Oh, boy. Immediate fail. I couldn't even prove my parallel parking prowess. And that was an ossifer saying that? Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I think a highway patrol, actually, now that I think about it. I don't like that. (laughs) I'm not into that. Mine was a non-threatening DMV lady. Like, you know, glasses and a bun, older woman. Well, that would have been a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Or, you know, if I could have just taken it with this next caller. Bowlers. Bowlerito. Hello. Hola. Um, The first time I went to the DMV, it was boring as fuck. And, um, let's see, I was 18 because I was driving illegally up until that point. Based. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I don't remember initially what made me go. I guess I just figured it was, it was time. I was 18. I was getting ready to move out of the house and, and, and such. So went and got my official driver's license. And, um, long ass line full of people that didn't want to be there and the employees didn't want to be there. And, uh, the state trooper that gave me my driving test didn't want to be there. Nice. Um, but yeah, the motherfucker tried saying like I did a rolling stop at a stop sign, but the handbook clearly states you must uh, stop for three seconds. And then when it's clear, if it's clear, you can go. Well, that's yeah. exactly what I did, and I counted to three with the thousands, you know, one one thousand, two one thousand, and I did it in my head, and I went. He's like, you didn't stop long enough. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Yeah, fuck off. But he did compliment me on my parallel parking. Nice. So there's that. Um, parallel parking up the wrong yeah, tree? Yeah, D&B sucks, man. Sucks. D&B does suck. You know what doesn't suck? Electable. Fucking awesome. I love this show. I love you guys. Love you. A lot. Aw. Yeah, we love Fletcher. No doubt. Fletcher, Fletcher, he's our man. Uh, Yeah, I remember <clears throat> this came up because I was going to the DMV. And I did get plates for the new Beast. Yeah, you did. Uh, Taxes were absurd. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> other than that, 
not really a lot to report. I went there. You always got to go before noon. Do the morning DMV. That's my recommendation. Nobody does that shit. Do it in the morning. Everybody waits. They like get off work early and they go. Or they, uh, God forbid you try to go on a Saturday. They're open for a limited window on a Saturday. And everyone but, and their mom is in there. Yeah, because it's like some people are like, that's the only day I can go because I got to work. Go on a weekday morning. Ain't nobody in there. And uh, now they have a little lady that sits at a table right at the door when you walk in. And she says, hand me your shit that you brought, basically. And she checks all of your paperwork and makes oh, sure you have all of the shit you need. Thank goodness. So you don't have to sit in line and wait with that stupid ass number just to find out you don't have all the things you need. You can just get told right up front before you ever grab a number. Nice. Way better way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, really definitely. thins out the crowd. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. So I did, by the way, have all of this. I had all of the all of the stuff. I had stuff I didn't even need. I had like, <laughs> I had some stuff that was just in the glove box, like the huh. oil change receipt from the uh, Toyota and uh, all kinds of different crap. Wow, that's random. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I don't remember if this was the first time I went to the DMV, but one of my brightest memories of the DMV was this Chinese man doing that thing where you <laughs> you look in and you tell him what the signs mean, yeah. and he did not know a damn word of English, I don't think. So he would just like would look in and say, uh, uh, uh. And then the lady looked at him, just all bored-like, and she's like, Stop sign. And he's like, stop sign. And then oh my God. he would repeat what she said. And then he would, uh, uh, uh. And then he, she would do it again. And like he got out. He passed and got his paperwork. I couldn't believe that. I'm pretty sure that was taunting math. <laughs> that reminds me of the Simpsons sisters. Yeah, exactly. And they can like pass whoever they want and reject whoever they want, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's a stop sign. I'm in the perfect vo uh, mode to do those voices. You are. You are. You got that sexy smoker voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad somebody likes it. I like everything about you, baby. Oh. Well, uh, we're a little light on voicemails this week, but that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know how much more of this voice will even hold out, to be honest with you. And... We, of course, have to pick a first-time-I-ever topic for next week. And it's not really surprising. I mean, who really wants to talk about the damn DMV? We did have it on the list, though, for a while, so it's good to get that one off. Yeah, now it's off the list. Whew. And it was timely. Uh, Let's see. First time I ever. Changed jobs. Why not? Oh, sure. Okay. Changed jobs? First time I ever changed jobs. Huh. It's, it's right there on the list, so we have to do it sometime. Alright. Why not now? First time you ever changed jobs. First time you ever changed jobs. I think I've told this story before when we did the first time I ever quit. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. If it's, well, for you it's similar. It might be very different for the bowlers. That's true. true. Jobs, jobs, and jobs. Jibbity jobs. Uh, there's also first time I ever got promoted. I don't know if that's better for you or not. No, I already wrote down change jobs. We're going with it. All right, we've been with it. Uh, you know what that means. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Woohoo! 
I have an update on a story I brought to the lanes last week, which oh. was about that Tesla that drove off of a cliff in California. Oh, yeah. Devil's Slide, where I guess there's many accidents and they all end badly. But this one, all four passengers lived. Well, apparently it wasn't an accident. It was attempted murder. Bowl after bowl. Oh, shit. <laughs> Please don't murder the bowl. <laughs> Oh, no. Unless you're murdering us with sats. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that bad? And they did confirm that it was a family. The father, mother in the front, and two kids in the back. Oh, jeez. And this guy is a doctor. A doctor. A doctor. Some of the worst people are doctors. Yeah, he's, uh, I think, some kind of radiology, a radiologist at... Providence Holy Cross Medical Center in the Mission Hills area of Los Angeles. The true so, heroes. Just ugh, the true heroes. Oh, my God. Yeah. True zeros. He is still in the hospital, but when he is recovered enough to get out, he will be going straight to jail <laughs> on attempted murder and child abuse charges. Damn. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine what would drive a person to that point. Like, fuck you, fuck this, I'm destroying my whole family. That just seems so... And the Tesla. And the Tesla, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the Tesla? I had totally forgotten about the Tesla, honestly. I was thinking about those kids. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, that's pretty fucked up, though. Yeah, it's like inhuman. Yeah, you're in, <laughs> you're in flesh and blood. Your wife. Maybe they were arguing about what restaurant to go to. That can get kind of heated, you know? What restaurant do you want to go to? I don't care. Ooh, Not don't a care. restaurant. Oh, uh, well. This is a great one that Bowley Steed brought to my attention. And C-Dubs brought to her attention. Searches for homemade porn rose 33% among gay Pornhub visitors in 2022. Just among the gay ones? <laughs> That's where the 33% comes in. Oh, man. Among the gays. Yeah, but the reality category grew 169%. Oh, based. I like that number. Yeah. I saw that uh, Big Tits got a big boost in searches also, which tickled my titties. <laughs> or could it be her massive stripper titties? It's looking good. Look at the searches that define 2022. Reality is number one. Real Homemade was a big search. Nice. Let's see what the numbers are there. Uh, uh. Yeah. In fact, searches for real amateur homemade grew by plus 310% in the United States and 179% worldwide. And everyone's like, oh, right. Cool. Kinky. Yeah. Right. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They're also looking for real orgasm, real couple, and real massage. Keeping it real this year, huh? Yeah. That's nice. Uh, wholesome. Wholesome. Wholesome smut. I like that. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. Gender was a, in the second category with the transgender category growing by 75%. Oh, my God. I mean, people can't stop talking about those trannies, so kind of makes uh. sense. Group sex coming in at number three with the threesome category growing by 34%. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And a 133% gain for Orgy. Damn, those are my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Group sex videos are fun. 
interesting. And the outdoors coming in right behind it. Outdoors? Very nice. Cool. Yeah. Very legal. Not. <laughs> uh, positions is number five with scissoring. Oh. Growing by 96%. Uh, followed lovingly by Amazon, 69, and Cowgirl. 69! 69, dudes! A fetish so hot gets its own category. Feet. Feet coming (laughs) in at six. Followed finally by uh, lucky number seven, Femdom. (laughs) Yep. That's hot. Wow, that's a hell of a list. (laughs) It is a hell of a list. Porn is fun to talk about. I'm looking up these... Most searched terms. Yeah. Lesbians are hot number one. Because, yeah, and then hentai right behind it. <laughs> um, squirting made the list. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cartoon is on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's wrapped up with furry, which, yeah, it's not in my search history, but uh, no. hey, whatever. <laughs> A ship. May have caused a 33-foot whale to wash upon the shore in New Jersey. Uh-oh. Hey, ship, watch where you're going. Yeah, and hey, whale, why are you dying here? Yeah, this is a female humpback whale. Already dead upon arrival. And uh, when they did the necropsy, it revealed marks and a large bruise, which... Lead them to believe uh, it got hit pretty hard by a ship. So, whoops. And RIP to that whale. You might have seen this one. An Indian man peed on an elderly woman during a flight from New York to New Delhi. Based. Yeah. He also happens to be a Wells Fargo executive. (laughs) Well, used to be. Was. Obviously lost his job when this came out. Now, the complaint, the police complaint, was just filed this past week, but the incident occurred on November 26th. Oh, shit. So I'm not sure what they were waiting for. I guess they wanted the airlines to do more, and I don't really know what more they could do. They suspended him from flying for 30 days as a passenger. Is I don't really all? Banning is the correct term that I was looking for. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. wait a month before you get back on an airplane. Yeah, Mr. PP. Pissing on old ladies. Yeah, how dare you. <laughs> but then uh, there was some outrage on social media about the whole thing, so they decided to ground a pilot and four cabin crew. Like, what the heck did they do? Give the guy the drinks, you know? What if they point Fly and, the plane? Do they point and laugh? <laughs> I don't know. Did they whip the cell phone out and start filming? No deets here. But I guess he was really sloshed. And when they landed, he was crying and saying how embarrassed and sorry he was. Too little, too late. Yeah. Once the pee hits the lady, then all bets are off. Yeah. One of the saddest parts is it seems like the little old lady wasn't even going to say anything. It was her family that was like, hey, hey, this guy's pissing on my Nana. <laughs> yeah. Now that's sad, man. Yeah. Oh, that's that fucks me up. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm changing my role. Nice old Nana. <laughs> uh, also, another dude losing his job in California. Uh, this National Guard 
commander has been involuntarily transferred to the United States Air Force Retired Reserve after asking guard members to drive him 120 miles to a dental appointment and take his mom grocery shopping. (laughs) Yeah, they say that that transfer is parallel to firing. Uh Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Um, Call an Uber. Right? Yeah. 120 miles is a long jaunt, though. Yeah, it is. Must be a very special dentist. A hot topic in the bowl. Dentist. (laughs) Yeah. Who else can prescribe you cocaine? I don't know. Cocaine! I don't know either. Uh, But anyways, I guess when he was, when they were going through all of his wrongs, he said that he thought these personal trips were consistent with the Air Force's wingman concept. Which I thought was kind of silly. I also want to know really what the wingman concept's all about. And get a buddy and go shopping. That's cool. But I guess they also caught him having a subordinate take his cybersecurity training for him. Which is lame. Those things are fucking easy. Just click next. Yeah, come and on. answer multiple choice questions. So, he is the fifth general to resign, retire, or be fired from the California National Guard as a result of scandals in the last four years. They just keep picking winners there. Yeah. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. This porch pirate wasn't a winner, though. He kept wearing women's underwear for a mask. Which isn't a very good mask. Right. You you can see your eyes and your chin, like everything. And uh, he hit up quite a few porches before he got caught, though. But everyone knew it was him. When they finally found him. I see you, panty man. (laughs) Yeah, cops showed up at his house and he wouldn't answer or talk to them. Smart. (laughs) So then they got a search warrant. (laughs) And he was arrested on larceny. Grand larceny and knowingly concealing stolen property. Porch pirates are lame. Lamest type of pirate. The absolute bottom feeders of society. Yeah. An Alberta man was going on his nightly walk of the neighborhood, same time every day, and he happened to see a moose. So he decided to stop and watch it from behind a tree, but the moose spotted him and charged. So oh, shit. he had to scream like a little bitch and climb up a tree to get away from the damn thing. Then the moose was not in a rush to leave either. He took a video of it. <laughs> it charged back and forth and rustled tree branches with its antlers for like 15 minutes before running away. Wanted to fuck dude up bad. Yeah. Just for the moose. Yep. Leave that moose alone. Don't even look at it. I'll make eye contact with the moose. Uh, I keep bringing these stories to the lanes. What did TSA find in a carry-on bag this week? Oh, I thought it was a butthole. (laughs) What did TSA find in a butthole? It would have been cooler if it was in a butthole, but (laughs) it was in a carry-on bag and went through an x-ray. It was a boa constrictor. Oh, nice. Yeah, a new type of pet. Be a lot cooler if it was in your butthole. That would have been impressive, honestly. A boa constrictor in your butthole. So this woman, they approached her about it. She said, that's my snake, Bartholomew. 
and I need him for my mental well-being. So he was an emotional support boa constrictor, didn't you know? So TSA went ahead and contacted the airline for her. Hey, can this lady bring her snake on the plane in the carry-on bag? And what do you think they said? They said no. Obviously. Oh, this is a this is bad. This is bad. This woman in London, she decided to get breast implants 25 years or so ago. She went with some double Ds. A good size. Yeah. A sure. Good, a nice size. You can still buy bras on the cheap and fit into most cool clothes. But you got big boobs. That's yeah, you nice. can throw them around and stuff still. Yeah, you can cup them with your hands and such. Jug- jiggle them and juggle them. That's right. Now, breast implants, I did not know, are supposed to be replaced every 10 years. Oh, shit. And in 2018, one of hers burst. But it didn't bug her. The boob just kind of went to the side a little bit. Oh, Jesus. So anyways, she saved up some money to get new implants and flew to Turkey, which I guess was the cheapest option at the time. <laughs> Discount boob jobs? Yeah. And how do you think that ended? Uh, Probably poorly. Yes. <laughs> the incision was infected. It started oozing pus. Oh, no. And then the implant started peeking through. Uh. Yeah. So she went to her doctor, got on antibiotics, womp womp, and was told, you got to go back and get that fixed. So she did go back to Turkey to have it fixed. Incredible. It really seems like a terrible move, you know? And they replaced it with a smaller size, which is already bad. On the way home, her other boob tore open. Oh, Jesus. And the implant started peeking out. So, she had to have both removed. And the worst part is now she's on antidepressants. Oh, Because, no. you know, you love your big boobs. Of course. And then you ain't got no boobs. And shit, like, how are you gonna wear a bikini in the summer without boobs? Just kidding. Plenty of people do it. Boobs are great in all shapes and sizes, all right? There I think this this woman just needs someone to boost her up. Come look her And titties. tell her that. Yeah, play with them a little. Just Jiggle not around the bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So we just, uh, yeah, can't suggest the turkey breast here. No turkey <laughs> breast. <laughs> turkey breast is a bad move. What? Oh, man. It's been a while since you had a zinger of a lane pun. Oh, that was all thanks to Hey Citizen in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a clip for this next story. Oh, okay. Let's see if you can identify the sound. (laughs) What was that? Uh, Is that Booberry sneaking onto the goat farm? Oh, my. That's a good guess, but no. And then he tripped the alarm? Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> that is kind of what it sounds like. It does. Like. It sounds like he accidentally kicked something over and the goat was alerted. Yeah. Before he could make off with it. The Mothman's going wild. The sound of frantic screaming was enough to scare away two would-be thieves. It gets worse. <laughs> but it wasn't a resident. It was Versace the macaw. Hearing those screams, which can be mistaken um, for a woman screaming... 
Um, I think they, they got terrified and they bolted. Alexandra Kavanagh and her family were away on New Year's Eve when the thieves broke into their home. The couple run a concreting business and believe their tools were the target. But the crooks weren't expecting the feisty two-year-old bird. I think if they were coming for her, they would have known what they were stepping into, what to expect. They would have done their research on her. It, it seems like they didn't have a clue. When they heard her, they were like, we're not ready for this. Versace is worth more than $4,500. Ali Ahmed says the tools are worth much more. So mm. probably she paid for herself. Yeah. It's getting them away. Yeah, the bird paid for him herself. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Wow, murder screams from a macaw. I'm a sucker for parrots. So that way I must be a wife Peter or something, right? I was wondering that. Because <laughs> if the macaw knows how to scream like that, he must have heard some screams like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how it works? I think so. Unless the macaw is of a high enough intelligence that it's like, oh shit, someone's breaking into the house and I'm scared. Ah! But I don't and, think so. Uh, whether, you're, think... whether you're stealing the tools or stealing the fools, always say, Macaw! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That bird, man. <clears throat> Not quite an African gray, but colorful. I love macaws. It was a rainbow one, too. Yep. A message in a bottle was found in Florida when two teachers were cleaning up the beach. Then they thought, oh, this is fun. I think that a child should experience the wonderment that is a message in a bottle. So they waited until they saw a family walking by and gave it to them. They had two little girls, so they took it home, smashed the glass bottle, and read the note inside, which was written by a 10-year-old named Troy with a phone number and address saying, P.S. Whoever finds this, call me or rate me. But the letter was written 37 years ago. Oh, new number. So they had to do some sleuthing. Yeah. Which isn't that difficult with the internet app. And they found the dude living in Mount Washington, New Hampshire. And they said, hey, you littered decades ago. We're coming for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no. They called and he ignored the call because uh, Florida number, what the heck. Scam likely. More like it. But then right. they texted and he he got back in touch. And they ended up sending his letter back to him. And he framed it and put it on his wall. Wholesome. Wholesome, yeah. And you know, the craziest thing is there was another message in a bottle story this week that popped no up way. on my radar. Yeah. A Florida couple found it when they were cleaning up their beach. And this time it had a name and address on it in Texas. <laughs> but they couldn't, they weren't sure when it was written. So. They started looking up this name, and they found the guy, finally, after a few tries, in North Carolina. Whoa. Turns out he wrote it 39 years ago when he was staying with his grandparents in Florida. He said he was 10 at the time, so same age as the other boy. What was it with the 80s? Everybody was throwing bottles of messages around? He said he was really hoping uh, to get in contact with like treasure hunters in South America or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that sense of adventure and... Who could this put me in touch with? Yeah, just traveled like 13 miles over almost four decades. I mean, I guess. Whoops, sorry. I had you cranked up still. I guess that police song message in a bottle came out in 79. 
Oh, yep. So that would make a very uh, obvious connection there. They'll send an SOS to the world, and it'll travel 10 miles. Yeah. That had to be it. Well, we just got on AIM. That's how we did it when we were 9 and 10. We sent an AIM to the world. (laughs) Oh, man, we made it. I'm going to shut up now. All right. Who have you been tonight? Who, me? Who have I been? Yeah, your sign-off. Well, I guess that I've been who I always am. Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I am still and always will be Dame DeLorean. Mad thanks to all the bowlers out there for listening and for putting up with this nonsense that is my voice today. It'll be better next Tuesday. I think so. I'll be back... Back to my normal self. Back to my abnormal self. We were th- playing with doing a bowls with buds this weekend, but better just wait. <laughs> yeah. So until the next bowl, may your bowls burn ever brighter. When are we smoking some weed? Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. You were feeling that shit. It's good shit. I know you're half retarded. I'm just a nigga that love titties. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yeah! I knew it! Big girl crazy sex feed. Personally, I've had sex. so good you'd love it you'd love it bowl after bowl dot com bowl after bowl dot com <laughs>